You're listening to Changing Reality. Changing Reality, where we bend reality all across the world. Only on WQHS Radio. So hey everyone, Harsha here, and thank you guys so much for joining in for today's episode of Changing Reality. Changing Reality is a show that features phenomenal people from all walks of life who are changing their own reality. So we'll be hanging out and interviewing social change makers, entrepreneurs, business owners, to even artists, musicians, and inspiring individuals from all across the world, and from here at the Penn Campus too. So get ready to hear their inspiring stories on how they are changing their reality around them, while listening to some awesome music with us. Now, personally, I wanted to do this show simply because I feel like there are a lot of people out there who do phenomenal things and are making waves in the lives of those around them. And I'm just super passionate about learning about how people are changing the world in their own capacity. So personally, I've also founded a youth movement called Ascendance in Malaysia, which works with the Malaysian Ministry of Education to help produce alternative learning um, education platforms for any student who wants to change their reality. We work with students from elementary to high school through various sessions, programs, experiential learning projects, and so much more to help them discover what they love doing, learn about themselves and the world around them, and start their own careers while they're still in school that creates meaningful impact in the lives around them. So we've worked with about um, 4,000 students in 270 communities, and that's what we do, help everyday students change their own reality. So if you have any questions about it, do drop it in the show chat below. If not, let's move on to our amazing, very special episode for today. So in light of International Women's Day, that was just a few days ago on the 8th of March, today's topic is going to be in honor of that awesome day, the best things about being a woman. So women empowerment is a huge movement that deserves all of the love. However, sometimes I feel like we have to acknowledge not just the adversities, but also the successes and the good things that come with being a woman and our relationship with who we are in a sense. Um, So today we'll not only be playing music by some awesome empowered female artists, but we will also be speaking to amazing guests who run the world in their own ways. Firstly, we have with us 19-year-old Joanna Baptista, who is a multi-award-winning social entrepreneur. She's a public speaker and activist who has spoken at over three TEDx talks and has even presented at the International Women's Day 2018 at Disney and to Her Royal Highness Princess Anne. Wow. At the same time, I think that it's really important to talk about her social enterprise, She, which aims to reverse taught prejudices by taking classic fairy tales and rewriting them with a modern twist. They've got uh, their books in over 15 countries. And at the same time, she is also someone who is personally very um, inspiring, who has traveled the world, and is also a representative for women empowerment, I think, everywhere. She is a student at Oxford University, And at the same time, she's an ambassador for organizations like Hashtag I Will, the Queen's Commonwealth Trust, and Women of the Future. So once again, I think she is someone who we should be listening to when it comes to a little bit about the good things that being a woman has to offer and how she basically emphasizes on the good to create a generation that 
is not conformed by the stereotypes that we may be thinking about sometimes. We also have with us the amazing Madhura Khanan. Uh, spoiler alert, I know her because she is the CEO and founder of Ascendance. So at 25, she runs this youth movement that has worked with, as I mentioned, 4,000 students, seven countries, 270 communities. And a lot of what she does is help everyday students learn about themselves, break out of their comfort zones and identify the things that hold them back in their perceptions and their mind blocks so that they can get real world experiences that neutralize their thought perceptions. And through that, be able to achieve holistic success in whatever their heart desires, whatever they put their mind to in their happiness, health, education and passion. So Ascendance under her leadership has developed several social entrepreneurs who are also young, um, empowered females. And Madhra personally has been um, recognized as one of the four global student entrepreneurs um, uh, in Malaysia, or top four, and also received the top 10 key opinion leaders award by Go Monster. She's also a fellow recipient of the Diana Award uh, for Humanitarian and Social Work by the Diana Foundation in Wales. So again, someone else who's been working with a lot of young women to actually break out of their comfort zone, go out there and make changes in the world. So definitely another person that I feel we have a lot to learn from. You're listening to Changing Reality. Changing Reality, where we bend reality all across the world. Only on WQHS Radio. So hi everyone and welcome back from the break. Um, we just heard a little bit about our introduction for our two lovely speakers um, and then followed up with a little bit of Kelly, Clark, uh, Kelly Clarkson Stronger. So once again, if you missed the beginning of today's show, you are watching Changing Reality, where we share a little bit about inspiring stories from all over the world on how everyday people change the reality around them. And today we've got a really special episode in light of International Women's Day, where we'll be interviewing two very inspiring female leaders on the topic of the good things about being a woman. So as I mentioned before, first we've got Joanna with us, who is the founder of She, an amazing social enterprise that basically rewrites fairy tales and discards those um, inherent biases and stereotypes about women and replaces it with empowering, phenomenal tales that helps young girls all across the world. We've also got with us today on air Madhura, who is the founder of Ascendance, a nationwide youth movement that works with over 4,000 students across Malaysia and in seven different countries that basically helps them discover what are the things that hold them back? What are their um, constructs? What are their prejudices? What are their perceptions that stop them from thriving? Getting rid of those through practical experiences and actually going out there and achieving holistic success, achieving the goals that they want in their happiness, health, education, and passion. So I think we've done, we are all really excited to meet the two of them. So welcome, Joanna. Welcome, Madhura. Thank you for joining us on the show. Joanna, I know that um, the time zone difference is very weird. So uh, when we're recording, this is actually 9.30 in the morning, which personally, as a teenager and a college student like you, it's a death sentence to be awake so early. <laughs> so how are you feeling? <laughs> well, I feel for people who are actually morning people. I mean, I watch 
like every single morning, I definitely watch about five uh, morning routines, 6 a.m. morning routines. So I feel like being up at 9.30 is actually not very impressive, but um, I'm proud of myself. Um, I, I'm only getting up for you. I hope you feel hope you feel how, how special you are in my heart. <laughs> oh, yes, I feel so touched. And I'm sure that all of the women and all of the guys tuning in today are so, so grateful for your time. But yeah, I mean, like I love women empowerment, but waking up at 9.30 to talk about it, that shows your extra commitment, I'd say. And Madhura, thank you for joining us when I invited you for this. And I said, let's do a session on the good things about being a woman. I remember you laughed at me and you said, what? Why me? So thank you for joining us. And um, I yes. think that's a good place to start the conversation, I think, for both of us. Um, maybe we start with you, Madhura. Madhura, when you first heard this topic, the good things about being a woman, what did you think? Why? And why me? <laughs> I think I think I've I've never really considered myself as a person who had the substance or authority to actually speak on this topic. Although I am a woman, so which <laughs> is kind of funny. Uh, we are the ones who should have the <laughs> ability to speak about this, right? But uh, I think the. It's never really something that crossed my mind in specific. Uh, I never really had, I've been blessed to have an environment where I never really had to see it as a problem. But uh, I think there's a whole world out there which doesn't really know the kind of exposure that I've had. So I think it'd be, it'd be a good opportunity for, for me to share uh, what I've personally faced in my life. All right. Excited to hear from you. And Joanna, what about you? Uh, I'm okay. I'm going to be honest. We have someone who is so experienced in talking about um, International Women's Day related topics. I know that you shared on Facebook a few years ago on the same topic. So, oh gosh, we've got a total pro at this. But um, yes. what about you? What is your take on the good things about being a woman? I think you're far too kind. And I think if my friends heard you, they would probably laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, little housemate Joe. Um, what do I think the good things are about being women? Um, I think there are lots of things. Mostly, it's kind of the thing that like we are all who who we are, and it feels like if we can't exactly go about becoming someone else, I'm not suddenly going to wake up and I'm I don't know Meghan Markle or Prince Harry or you know <laughs> I don't know any other any other cool person in the world. Then I have to learn to be happy in myself and I need to learn to live my life and I need to focus on what it is that brings me joy and fulfillment in my life and I think to me um, that's sort of what empowerment is and it's about uh, helping people to realize their own potential and understand um, themselves and, and what makes them happy and help them to to fulfill to fulfill that sense for them um and so i think that that's sort of the good thing about being a woman is that you know what that's that's who we are so you may as well make the most of it you know that's we only get one life um maybe that sounds very hippie to say we only have one life <laughs> <laughs> um, no it's 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 yolo's kind of jet trend right exactly <laughs> point being that we should all just you know there's the good things about being a woman is exactly the same things for the good things about being any gender. And it's that um, it's exactly who we are. And that should be something that we're proud of. Okay. And I think that you have a lot to be proud of um, as a strong uh, woman. I have, I remember you saying that your team at SHE, the social enterprise, is also um, strong female leaders just like you. And um, I really like that whole, you, it's all you've got in a sense, so make the most of it. And 
how does that play into kind of like um your experiences of um with women empowerment or with empowerment in general in general because um you write or your team produces these amazing fairy tales i checked out the synopsis and i read a little bit about them online and you basically rewrite this whole um narrative that women need help women need um someone to come and save them and you rewrite women as the central hero in your stories i think that's beautiful i think that's so poetic but how did you even get to that point where you felt like this was needed like is it something that you've experienced or were there just not good not enough good books that you think you know what i'd write it myself you know <laughs> i think it's a lot of things um firstly all the team who started writing those books in the beginning all of us had experienced discrimination in some way um all of us as women had faced discrimination um for being a woman but on top of that a lot of my friends and colleagues had experienced discrimination for other things on top of that um and so i think that for us we were very unhappy with just sitting idle and letting the world go by and being like you know that's so fine everyone carry on abusing me no worries at all um that's fine or thinking about more for me it was thinking about what happens to all of the young girls right now who i see walking down the school hallways or i or will be my children one day or anything like that and i really was not content with allowing something that i thought was wrong i felt was wrong to carry on um and that's always my philosophy that if something if i don't agree with something i'm not going to sit down and watch it carry on happening um and so that's sort of where it came from from that place but simultaneously we all grew up like reading fairy tales and even if we no longer read fairy tales i can still tell you that i definitely really enjoy reading for pleasure and so it's really important that when we're reading we're exposed to all sorts of characters that actually really reflect the world in which we live in there is absolutely no point if i read every single fairy tale where a white man kisses a white woman and suddenly they're all happy go lucky and their life is perfect and oh on top of that did i mention that she's extremely skinny and she is absolutely straight and oh she really needs saving like i could and, oh and she you know she's cisgender she was she was born in the right body she doesn't have a disability like i could go on right and the point is is that that isn't what we are as a world and as i was saying just now i think it's really important that we celebrate exactly the forms in which in which we come in and who we are and and that necessarily means that we need to tell stories that reflect a diverse population just like the world in which we live in um so and we didn't really see that in a lot of the stories that we read as children and we decided that, that was something that we wanted to change okay, and i really like how that kind of fits in with our changing reality theme it's like which came first right the media or man in a way so like is it do we live our stories or do our stories reflect us and you said you know what who cares whether the chicken or the egg came first i'm going to do what i can and i'm going to write these stories which are will be planted in kids and make them grow up knowing that there is no um, perfect world for perfect people and that we are all perfect in our own imperfect ways and i think that's really nice and in a way that's the first step towards changing the whole reality that we experience right now by just planting that seed in kids so that it grows up with them in a way that they're equal they're special whoever they are in a way and they're valid and um i think mother i think my next question is for you in a sense um as someone who i've personally seen a lot of um like i know you don't think of yourself as a women empowerment icon but so many young girls look up to you and just looking at the organizations you're part of um you're part of simply empowering and an accounting company that has 
that is run by successful women, that is run by three very strong-willed, smart, um, amazingly talented women. Uh, you also were the founder of Ascendance, which three out of four of our founders were girls. So, and a lot of the students we work with are also like girls who look up to us and really go out there. So in a way, it's like you live in this reality where women are the majority of the change makers, not majority of the change makers, but women have equal change making status. So how did you create this reality and how are you creating it with Ascendance now? I think I was uh, blessed in a way that, that I always had that exposure in a way. So I think in terms of my, my parents, they never really uh, discounted my ability to change or call, you know, impact the world because of my gender. There was ne- it was never a consideration in a way. Uh, in fact, they, they, they were more... I, Especially my mom, right? When I when I saw her, she was she was a teacher, so I think it's a role where you actually shape a lot of minds. And I saw that she was such a dynamic teacher, and a lot of people had so much of respect for her. And she actually changed so many of the lives that she touched. Uh, when I see that, it, that is the first impression I had towards what a woman should be: dynamic, and you are going out there and changing the lives of the people you touch. So that is already the kind of notion, uh, belief that I had when I was young. And since growing up, even in primary school, secondary school, I had the the privilege to be amongst a group of girls who were very confident to you know go out and change whatever we could in the school uh, as prefects and all of that. We were the ones running the show and uh, confidently taking over events and being the main people in the school. So it's like I never really thought I had that you know, experience of being treated as something like a, a second class or, or not. It was, I was the one of those people who actually contributed to the school and all of that. So because I was very lucky to go through that experience, I had a very strong belief that yes, women are the ones who actually can drive this kind of change. And there's no, uh, of course, the, I didn't have like this hate towards men or anything of that sort. There was, there was no, it was not a topic that I even considered at all. And in, in, in Ascendance, yes, there's three of us girls and, uh, uh, one more of our co-founder is a guy, which is, I. he's one of my best friends. I absolutely love spending time with him. And we always have those conversations among us about this whole dynamics between men and women as well. So I think there's many times we, we will discuss about how, uh, as a woman, how are we impacting the men? How are we shaping their beliefs as a man? How are they impacting us? And how are they shaping our beliefs? We have that conversation a lot and we eventually translate that into the programs that we do, ensuring that the kids we work with, we can at least make some changes in how they view the world and uh, getting the young, the ladies, the girls to you know be more confident and actually be themselves and be the powerhouses that they already are and getting the men to kind of respect that and not feel intimidated by those things because a lot of guys the reason that they act in a certain way is because of fear so how to get the guys to kind of like get excited about it and work alongside these women so we that's that's what has been happening for me i've been very lucky that I did not have those. I mean, I had a very solid foundation when I was young. So in a way, it's kind of like you had these experiences that shaped you and yep. that created your reality of being a leader in school, being a leader later in ascendance and today in Simply Empowering. And through your social enterprise today, you create that ripple effect, you create that environment for others. So what I really like about both of you is the fact that um, you address the problem at the root cause in a way. So you don't just, um, you don't just address it at a surface level, but you really go and say, okay, where is this starting? How do I fix it? And for a little bit more on that, I think we've got a 
wait until the break is over. So we're gonna take a little short break to play some awesome music. You're listening to Changing Reality. Only on WQHS Radio. Welcome back to Changing Reality. You were just listening to Fight Song. Ooh, amazing song for our topic on the good things about being a woman for our International Women's Day special. So we have with us back again on air, Joanna, who is the founder of She, a social enterprise that rewrites fairy tales from their conventional standpoints and helps shape the reality of young minds that we are all unique in our own ways and the heroes of our own stories. We also have with us Madhura, who is the founder of Ascendance that works with everyday students to help identify what their own mindsets are, what are the things that they believe that hold them back, and neutralize them through real-world experiences, through going out there and putting themselves um, out of their comfort zone so that they can be happy, healthy, and excel in their education and their passion, whatever they set their mind to. So two really amazing people that we should learn a little bit about um, women empowerment from. Just to start off the conversation in a sense, did either of you actually think that um, you would be this person that young girls all around the world look up to? Gosh, what a delighted question. Um, <laughs> yes, as a kid, I imagine the crowds, no? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something that I always have to like check in with myself in my life. Hey, like you could never imagine that you'd be doing half the things that you're doing right now. Like in my wildest dreams, did I think that I would be, I don't know, going to another country for free to go and speak at a conference that they're paying me for, or never did I think that I would be going to Oxford or never did I think like a lot of these things. And so I really have to check on myself and be like, you're living a like a life that you always wanted, but didn't necessarily like dream was going to be the case. So did I think that I was ever going to be this person? No, probably not. Am I glad that I am? Yes. Is this something that younger me would have wanted? Probably. Um, But the sort of phrase that I like to think about it is it's not necessarily that I thought that I was going to be this person, but I have, you know, my my personality and, and who I am and the things that I enjoy and my passions and stuff. And that's <laughs> and I have a really supportive family and ecosystem who really push me. Um and the question that I always ask myself um is like are you someone that your younger self would be proud of? Um and if and if that's true then I'll carry on down the path that I'm at. And then Therefore, my answer will always be, I'm who I wanted to be. Um, And if that is no longer the case, then I sort of change course and make sure that I'm doing something that really aligns with who I wish my, like who my younger self thought I would want to be. That is a very nice answer to the question. So much so that I'm changing my question for you, Madhura, and I have to ask, are you the person that your younger self wanted you to be? Like, what did your younger self expect? And like, are you there or getting there at least? Oh my God. I actually can't recall what my younger self wanted me to be. So I think to be time a, traveling now. <laughs> I think when I was younger, um, I I struggled a lot with my identity, in the sense that uh, so I I was not like the normal girls who who I surrounded myself with. I like short hair. I hated wearing dresses and all of that. So for the longest time, that was something I struggled with, and. I think the younger self was very much in uh, frustration in a way to like not under, I was so confused as to why I couldn't be who I wanted to be, who I am. It was not about who I wanted to be. It was more about just being who I am. And it was something I struggled with for a long time. And then I think if I look, if, if my younger self looked at me now, I think it, uh, 
Madhura, younger Madhura would be very happy that I kind of figured out how to just be myself and enjoy life in in the way that I want to, rather than trying to conform to all the different different stereotypes that we have. So yeah. Okay, I'm glad to know that. I'll make sure I'll write that down for both of your younger selves when I eventually discover time travel and can let them know. And um, I think that that you also opened up a really nice question on um, being ourselves in a way. And I think that both of you, in a way, the reason why you were able to flourish so exceptionally is because of that element. You just you found out what you wanted to do, or you found solved problem, you solved it. You were yourselves, both of you. And I feel like. Um, many times that that's not something easy to do so not just for women but i think for men for everyone sometimes we get a little insecure we are a little worried about being judged so what actually is the secret sauce in a way that helped you be yourself or help you learn to become more of yourself on a day-to-day basis like what what happened to you guys joanna um <laughs> i think it's something that you know no one ever has a secret to because like oh guys gosh secret everyone still feels insecure in themselves and everyone still compares themselves to other people and oh, worries no like, really oh gosh <laughs> so, like no one no one has the, the answer otherwise they'd be very rich but what i try to do with myself and this is sort of like i'm a very big fan of questions if you haven't um figured that out already but i i ask myself does this person matter in my life do i value this person's opinion and if they don't like me is that going to matter to me and if the answer to those questions is yes then maybe i'm just being a horrible person right now and i should <laughs> check in with myself it's very possible that i'm being bossy or mean or i don't know any any other negative thing and if any of the questions is no then you think about okay so if i'm doing things which align with my values and i'm trying to be myself then what does it matter if person A doesn't like me, if A, I don't care about them, B, I don't think their opinion is valid, or C, I think that I'm aligning myself in a way that matters to me. Um, so I think the secret for me is not necessarily that I've overcome this ability to like care about what other people think. And it's more that, you know, I'm, I am myself because I want to be happy and live my life. And for me, it's more important to be an authentic version of myself and have people not like me than to be someone who I'm not and have people not like me again anyway. So if, if you're going to lose, you may as well lose at least being in line with your values. <laughs> that is a brilliant way to look at it. If you're going to lose, I mean, like you, like, like I'm, I'm call me a pessimist, but I've always thought that someone's going to be unhappy with every decision somewhere in the world. So it's like, at least if you lose, lose with you being happy with yourself in a way. And I really like those three things that you mentioned. Um, the, am I being authentic to myself? Is this, this person matter? Does their opinion matter? I think those that's really golden advice. Slightly disappointed there's no fountain of truth that will cure me of my insecurities, but I'll live. And um, I think Madhura, the, that brings me to my question for you in a sense, or similar question. How did you go about um, from a person who wasn't sure if you could be yourself to someone who is so authentically you? I think like so many people have told me that the things that they love about you is your confidence, is the fact that you don't, not say you don't care about what other people think, but you don't let what other people think affect you in a sense. So how did you do that? Do you have a secret fountain of truth that 
no, I'm, I'm just. I think. Stretching. I think the 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 truth is that I'm actually. Uh, I do take what everybody says very seriously. I think that was why I struggled a lot when I was younger, because I took literally anybody, whatever anybody says, even if it's a passing remark, I took it very seriously, and this is what, which is why I struggled with it. But I think what has helped me a lot in the recent years is that, especially with the guidance of the mentors that I had, uh, I was surrounded by people who stopped paying so much attention to what was happening outside. It was they started focusing a lot more on the inside. So when I spent more time with them, I think the way I viewed the world also started changing in the sense that I stopped paying attention as to what everybody was seeing, uh, what everybody uh, I, I stopped overthinking about what everybody thought of me, which is what used to happen so much of the time. Uh, and I started thinking about, actually, what do I want? What What is it that I like to do? So, and, and I started small. I started with simple, simple things. It could be like what you like to eat. A lot of youngs, like this is a transition from being a youngster to an adult as well, right? Like as you transition, you also need to discover actually who you are without being influenced by your parents or your your the society that you're surrounded with. You're, you're discovering yourself. So I was doing that at the same time as well. And I started small. Eventually, as I started finding out these things, I was like, okay, this makes me really happy. I'm just going to stick with it. When I started paying attention to my own happiness and less about conforming to the system or you know fitting in and all of that uh, it, it, it helped me to make those changes and it's not like I try to uh, get others to do this it's just that I think most of the time people are so confused as to why I am the way I am that they are like actually why do you do this and I'm just like I'm just I just want to be happy and be myself and that's why I do it and that inspires them to do the same that, I think that makes me happy solid advice um, have an environment of people who I think see past whatever it is and try to see you for yourself or at least are being themselves so it rubs off on you and also um, start making those small changes I like the one about what like what do you really want to eat because I feel like as a kid you don't normally get a choice and then when you become an adult you're just like what do I like to eat like I can't eat the, like McDonald's every day and then you it's like a process of discovering that I have an opinion oh I have things that I can do and yes. um yeah and I think it brings me to this one question that someone asked me at a women's day panel ironically and they said basically uh, and I was really taken aback by this question they said that um, there are many women out there um, who are shy they don't feel like putting their opinion out there they don't feel like putting themselves out there but they want to go out there and they make it and make a difference what would your advice for them be I think I think the most important thing that I can ever say to someone is that you really need to know yourself. Um, and I think this is very much like easier said than done. It's really, really important to be self-aware. Um, and this is something that matters for you. It also matters for people like when you go into a job, this is something that they'll look for. And it, and it matters just to become a better person for other people as well. Because being self-aware means that you understand the things you do well. It means you understand why you behave the way you do. It means you understand, you know, your personality, your likes and dislikes. It also means that you understand what you do wrong um, and where your flaws are. And I think that that's been something that's really important to me to really um, ask myself who I am. And the question, because there's always a question that you can ask yourself here is who am I when no one is watching? And if you can answer that question 
and really know if you strip back the fact that you're speaking to other people you're trying to look good for them if you're take away the fact that on social media you always try to look happy if you take away the fact that maybe you're working hard just so that you can look like you you, you definitely earn a place at this university and you're not just sort of like mindlessly trying to like get yourself through it then I think when you can answer these questions then that's when you know like who you are authentically and then you can start to build back in those layers because you need to know who you are when no one is watching to then be able to say, okay, now someone's watching, how can I still be myself? Um, and I think that my biggest piece of advice is that also because you will never find confidence in yourself if you don't really know what yourself is. Yeah, I, th I think people will always come and critique you. And if you can say, hey, like you can critique me, but this is still like who I am. So therefore I take your, I take your comment. Thank you very much. But unfortunately like, I, I can't change the fundamental parts of who I am. So it really helps not only to make you a better person, but also to sort of have that confidence in yourself that you're your authentic self, I think. That is a very nice answer. And I like how it basically said that there's many, like if you're an insecure person, if you're someone who isn't used to putting yourself out there, that means you've already built up these kind of layers in a sense, and you can't like tackle each layer by itself. You'll never reach the core. So start with the core of who you are and build outwards in a sense. Beautifully said. And Madhura, for you, um, you work with a lot of um, young girls who start off very shy and very quiet and very um, timid, but they end up being social entrepreneurs, they end up being conference hosts, and they end up going out there and making real world changes. Like when I first met you, I was shy and quiet. And then now look at me, I never shut up. So like, what, what do you do? Like, like, <laughs> like, like, how did you actually like, what would the first thing you say or the first thing that you'd um, try to encourage someone who was in this kind of like um, withdrawn position to do so that they can bring out the best in them? The truth is, I was also, I'm, probably I was worse off than you. Right? <laughs> I was more shy and more timid and all of that. So what really helped for me was a lot of us try to, we, we, we have this assumption that the person who can give the best speeches or is really outspoken, they are the ones who can make real change. And uh, everybody else is inferior compared to those kind of people. I think that was a belief that I personally had when I started off. So coming to understand that actually everybody has a way that they can contribute. And if you focus more of your time on figuring out how, what is that way that you are really good at and how you can use that to contribute and spending that time to figure that out and working on that uh, will 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 help you to make some real change, even if it's not the ones who, you're not the one on the stage giving a speech and whatnot. That was personally what I had to do for myself. I had to accept that I don't need to be that kind of person, that I can just, you know, I can do those management aspects of it or process flow, those kind of things that doesn't look that glamorous. I can actually go out and do that and actually make a change. But eventually what happened was as I continued to become better at these areas that I was good at, I naturally wanted to share how I was doing those things to other people. And that is how I actually started actually going out, being on stage and sharing with people. So a lot of us think that you, even if you don't have anything, you, the most successful person is the one who shares. Actually, if you have some substance and you have some experiences, and then you, you, you will naturally have that uh, pull towards sharing your experiences with other people. And you should just use that 
at that point in time when you do get that pool, use that to go and share. So even with the youngsters we work with, we get them to do something first, something that they themselves will be so very, very proud of. And they work on it and it's something that comes out of their own effort. When they do that, naturally they have this excitement towards sharing it to people. And speaking out in public and being outspoken is no longer a problem because you have become this person who has so much of substance that it will come naturally to you. That's what I personally see with myself and the people I work with. I okay, I like that. I like that a lot because um, sometimes it's not about teaching someone um, to feel empowered. It's giving them the power to do something and getting them to realize that they can get it done. And that itself creates an empowered effect in them, I feel. It's like that ability to realize that you have this infinite potential and that you've actually applied it to something and achieved something. I think that um, that is something that really empowers people all across the board. And I would, and we will, of course, talk a little bit more about this when we come back from the break. But for now, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Changing Reality. WQHS Radio. So welcome back to Changing Reality. We are here today with our two amazing guests, uh, Madhura and Joanna, who are the founders of Ascendance and She, respectively. Both two phenomenal social enterprises that create so much good, so much positivity in the world. I guess that um, after the whole session today, um, you guys have packed so much value, your own experiences, um, the little bits of waste and your advice for others who want to follow in your footsteps to become strong young leaders. But I think that um, one of the top things that I wanted to talk about in our topic of um, the good things about being a woman is what good do you see happens when women are empowered, when women go out there and take charge? Because both of your um, initiatives really do that. You create a generation of women who aren't confined by stereotypes, who aren't confined by things that they've heard before. So what's been the effect of that? I think uh, what I've seen personally with the people that I work with, the many amazing uh, youngsters that I work with, uh, they have now begun to kind of shape their own reality. So it's it's not something that I dictate is the right reality to be built. That is not what this is all about. It's about being themselves and building the reality that they want. So I, what I've seen is, I've, I know, for example, even you, Hasha, you, you are going out and doing so many amazing things. Uh, I know this, there's this girl called Abi who is just 17 years old. She has started her own social enterprise uh, to impact more youngsters uh, who come from slightly lower-income communities uh, to have the same opportunity to learn about how the mind works and how they can be, uh, create their own reality as well. I also know this another 19-year-old artist who is already illustrating books and doing all of those thoughts uh, without having any limitations for themselves. So I think personally what I've witnessed in terms of the work we do in Ascendance is that we are we have broken those barriers. I mean, it, it's not even a, a problem to be solved with these youngsters because we, because we are addressing the problem at a very young age. Uh, they don't need to come to, let's say, uh, my age and then think about, okay, who am I? I need to figure this out now. They don't do, they don't need to do that. They have they have the right environment, right mindset at a very young age, and I think that will lead to having a lot more people in the future uh, who will 
create positive change, who will inspire other people. Is this going to be a ripple effect? Because I'm we are starting so young. But one of the things I really liked about what Joanna does, right? Like personally, for me, I could not see a character when I read those books or you know watched those cartoons or movies. I did never really saw someone that resembled me, who I was. So I think it's very very important. That is another way, in fact, to start even more younger because. Uh, a four-year-old Madura, if she had the opportunity to read a book that would, would, would show me in a very empowering position, I think I would my life would be even more better now. So I think what, what Joanna does is also amazing. Okay, yeah, um, I completely agree. I would have loved a story about how Rapunzel just strangled any robber or anyone. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, I have long hair. So, your hair, right? Yeah, so I have, like, really long hair and sometimes I'm like, hmm, if someone tried to trap me in a tower, what would I do? It's like, I, I just watch too much fairy tales. But, like, um, yeah, so, and I think that um, that actually speaks to um, some of the things that um, you were writing about. Like, I read, uh, I was reading about the princess and the frog um, rewrite that you did and um, I think you were also mentioning the Rapunzel one as well so Joanna these stories they are impactful I think me and Madra just listening to you talk about them have been impacted so um, what have you seen happen from the people who read these stories well, what is the effect that you've seen and that you're trying to create in a sense in these young girls firstly that's very kind so thank you so much um, I think that like something that I heard when I was doing on a panel when I sat on a panel a few months ago actually which has really stuck with me since then um, is this sort of myth of like women need to be empowered Um, and at first I was like hmm like what surely yes Um, and (laughs) what stuck out to me was actually that women don't need to be empowered because like they're already empowered empowered suggests they come from a place where they have no power and they need to be like handed over some power like here I'm here to save you have some power and that's not the case like everyone has power the difference is that sometimes they don't know how to use it or they don't have confidence that they can use it or they feel like no one believes in them or they feel like they want to use it but they don't know where or how or when um and so for me it's not necessarily about how many people have i empowered it's more like have i helped people use their power Uh, or have i helped people feel like most importantly that someone sees them and that someone cares about them Um, and you know through a book it's kind of hard to be like hey like i'm shaking you right here in front of me because like i care about you please you can do this um and it actually um still stands that I write the stories thinking about the people who I hope are listening and who I hope see this as their call to like that they can step into action too and that they are seen and that they matter um and this is like what I've tried to now apply throughout all of the work that I do and, and I run another organization as well where we help mentor disadvantaged students to get them to get them into Oxford University and there it's a very similar case of you're already good enough to get into Oxford you would not apply to this program if you didn't have the grades and the ability to get in all we're helping you do is understand that you're good enough and help you apply that power to the right setting um so I think that that's something that sort of happened as a shift for me over this past year. I was thinking not in terms of me giving power to someone, but instead helping them use their own power. Again, very amazing. And uh, make sure you guys check out um, the 
the books that uh, she produces. I remember there was um, Rani and the Frog. I remember there was one more. I can't get the name, but I'll drop the links below that you guys can get it. So, yeah, very much in that lines of what Joanna is saying about realizing your own power and not um, waiting to be empowered in a sense. And Joanna, you don't just talk about this in events for Facebook or TEDx talks. You also um, have kind of, um, you've also, I think, been on many panels for uh, different projects, different initiatives um, that actually work in youth empowerment. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes as um, someone who's also 19, um, people might not necessarily um, take what kids say seriously, like not even going to the gender discrepancies, but as a young person who has these opinions, who has a lot of influence in a sense, um, and actually goes out there and uses that influence to make a um, kind of like a better world in a sense. What do you feel are the things that have made people listen to you? Why do people actually take your advice on this? Yeah, I think that it's all a, a snowball, right? So you, you don't just suddenly have a seat at the table at X, Y, and Z company. Um, for me, you know, it started when my mum took me to a hackathon, which was like an adult hackathon. And I went, I was supposed to just like listen to the talks and then go home. Um, and then I ended up participating and winning that. And that put me in front. The prize was to speak to investors, like at a, a pitch competition. And like from that, it all snowballs, right? And it's, it's your thrust immediately into to a world in which you don't necessarily typically belong. Firstly, an adult comp- an adult pitch competition, then like pitching to real investors at 13 years old is kind of a bit of a weird concept. <laughs> I thought that I was absolutely incredible. My pitch was stellar. And now looking back, it's so embarrassing. But the point <laughs> is, is that when you're really young, people view you as a bit of a charity case and they're willing to help you because they want to like give you support and be the person who's motivated you. So it's not a problem when you're very young. The problem is then when you're in that middle age where instead of wanting to be helped, you want to help and you want to like have an actual legitimate impact and people like are now at the stage where they feel like they've gone from um, thinking that they can help you to feeling threatened. And this plays exactly what you said at the beginning or like when we were speaking before about like, it's a lot of it is linked in, in the gender discussion to like toxic masculinity and feeling like they need to be a man's man and they can't um, like be overspoken by any other gender. Um, but taking it back to the age debate, it then, yeah, it becomes a case of like they no longer want to help you because they think that you don't, like what experience could you possibly have that's more important? Um, and I think that it comes from like a few different areas. Like firstly, as we've been speaking about, you need to believe that what you have to say is valuable because if you don't believe it, then they're definitely not going to believe it. Then you need to sort of like make your case. And like this is where I think that like speaking to your audience really matters. You need to know what your audience is and, and how they want to receive it. So if I'm speaking to school children, the tone which I use, the kind of things that I say are very, very different to the way that I would present myself at a boardroom or um, at, at a panel. And even within panels, you, you adjust what you're saying to the relevance of the context of the panel. Um, and I think that's because if you want to have maximum impact, then you need to play to like the experiences and interests of the other people there. So um, yeah, in if it's a tech panel, everything else they will be in the context of technology. If it's, you know, uh, for example, at Facebook or at TEDx, it feels very inspirational. It's all about like appealing to the masses. Um, and so 
by tailoring to your audience, you sort of help get your foot in the door. And then the third element is you need to very much like just, um, you need to sort of have, along with your confidence that you're saying the right thing and speaking to your audience, you need to sort of hold that authority and be sort of relentless almost because you're not going to get your foot in the door every time. And there are so many like events I've spoken at, um, maybe where they don't pay you or, you know, you got, you speak at a company and they have you for like 30 minutes, but don't do anything of what you said afterwards. And so you need to really be like relentless. And this ties into like, a story that which I'll end on, which is that my first TEDx I ever did. Like I did that TEDx because I messaged on Facebook the organizers of TEDx and I said, I want to do a talk. Please let me in. Um and I think that it's sort of about this relentlessness of saying that if you want a message to be heard, you can't sit by and, and just expect that someone will say, hey, do you want to speak about this really important message? If it's that important to you, then um you really can be like relentless in your willingness to go after finding an audience for yourself. Okay, I think that that's a very important message. And I think you really put the steps down for like, if you guys want people to listen to you, this is the things that you need to do. As you said, you're not just going to be elected into panel XYZ like tomorrow. Like I'm not going to get a call from apparently the biggest Fortune 500 companies, but maybe someday if I follow your well-step plan. And for all of you who don't know, in case you missed the introduction, um, Joanna is actually an ambassador for so many amazing organizations. Um, I will, the Queen's Commonwealth, um, I think they have this trust for women of the future, uh, sorry, and women of the future. So I think that she's the person that we got to talk to on how to get your voices heard. And I think that she put it down in a way that is simple for all of us to follow. But I think the key of it is still, in essence, relentlessness. And um, once you've done the what we've talked about in the earlier segments and kind of like discovered who you are and built yourself up, the next thing to do is kind of like pursue that goal, pursue the, the want to give back and share your thoughts relentlessly until you knock on the right doors and your opinion is um, brought forward. And uh, Madhra, I think I just want to segue this question a little bit um, to the things that you do in a way is that um, for many of the things that I've seen you do, um, you have been in a way very relentless um, in making things happen. So if you have a project um, and you see nobody stepping up in this project, you straight away say, okay, let's, how do we get this done? How do we organize people? How do we bring everyone together to achieve this end goal in a sense? So how do we um, make sure that things keep moving? And I think that that's what makes you such a good leader with Ascendance, with the work that you're doing in Simply Empowering. And I think that the question that I just wanted to ask for you is, um, what do you do in a sense when you have a goal, when you have something that you're striving for, you see the importance of something, but the people around you don't rally up to that support or they don't um, necessarily work play ball with you to achieve that in a way. I think I've, I've always struggled with that <laughs> scenario in specific and that the, the usual reaction would be to uh, give up and be like, okay, that nobody cares about this, so why should I continue to push it? I'm going to look like a bossy person if I do this and just not do anything about it, which, I, which is what I've done many, many times. Uh, but I think I've been lucky to have my mentors show me that uh, if you do have a goal if you have a dream or 
what is very very important is to understand that it's not going to be a straight road there is always going to be an obstacle if it's not your team or if it's not the people coming on board there's always going to be something else that's going to go wrong and just accept that that is the reality of it and see how you can find a solution to this and enjoy the process of finding solutions so that no matter what may come up you 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 first you have the faith that you're going to somehow find a solution for this and two you actually have fun coming up with a solution so now i actually really do enjoy uh when when like you said right there's a project and if people are not moving and all of that uh coming of th- really thinking about, okay what can i do to engage each and every one of them rather than just saying Oh, nobody cares, so I shouldn't care. So I, I, I enjoy the process of it, which is why I'm able to do it. So it, it, it applies to anything we do, I guess. If you are enjoying it and you're not doing it for the rewards or uh, for the for the outcome in specific alone, if you if you purely enjoy the process, then it won't be a problem, or it won't you won't find it hard to do. You'll just do it on your own. I think that's very well said in the sense that um, there's always going to be something that goes wrong when you want to make a change. And I think um, in terms of like getting people to listen to you and getting people to support your ideas as a young woman, as a leader, is one of the many problems that you'll face. And I'm sure both of you can can list um, a long list of things that could go wrong. But instead of doing that, focus on the fun of breaking barriers, the fun of setting the next standard, the fun of doing something different. And personally, that's something that I'm still um, learning to do as well. But I think that it's good advice for anyone out there who's learning how to focus on the best things about being a woman, focus on the best things about being yourself. So that on one side, you've got to relentlessly pursue it, but you've also got to do it while having fun. And you've got to make sure that um, your heart and soul and in a way your emotions are constantly engaged in making sure that this is what you want, this is what you're going to create in a sense. And if you do all of that, you do create your reality. You create your reality like Joanna has in um, changing little girls' lives. And I think, as you mentioned also, your organization um, at Oxford, you've got, what, 200 mentors that work with you in a sense that you've signed up to actually run this out. So it's not just you now. You've got hundreds of people um, promoting the things that you do, promoting these kind of concepts out there. And Madra, you too. Like um, I remember when we first started a sentence, it was just the four of us. But over the few years, hey, look, now we've got students um, all across Malaysia. We've got over 30, 40 youth leaders. And we've worked with about 270 communities, which we would not have imagined when we started off. And I feel like just like that, both of you have very well deserved your appetites of being strong women leaders. So I think with that, we will end our session for today. Thank you both so much for coming on Changing Reality. It's been amazing having you both, Joanna, phenomenal experiences. Madhura, I know we work together, but I feel like I learn something new every time <laughs> we share. So yeah, thank you guys so much. And with that, we're going to take a little short break and then I'll just recap the session and share a little bit more about what's in store for you guys next week. Thank you guys once again for watching Changing Reality and talk to you guys soon. You're listening to Changing Reality on WQHS Radio. So thank you all once again for joining us for Changing Reality today. Um, I think we started off with a little bit on the best things about being a woman, um, the personal journey of our two speakers on how they came into women empowerment, how they, their words of wisdom for all the shy, probably 
um, not so self-assured uh, young women out there and what are the key concepts that basically help them realize the best things about being a woman. We also ended it by seeing the impact that the work that they've done has created and how the future of young women actually look like, how the future um, actually holds a generation that is not limited by many of the things that probably limit us now. So once again, thank you so much to both Joanna and Madhura for joining us. Make sure that you guys follow them on social media. I'm dropping their links in the chat so that you can know more about the two amazing initiatives, She and Ascendance, um, and hopefully maybe even inspire some young women in your own way by um, talking or applying about some of the things that she they shared about. So join us once again next week for another episode of Changing Reality here at, once again, 10 p.m. EST. Um, for a special episode on entrepreneurship. I'm not going to spoil it much, but we've got some really cool guest speakers coming up that you would love to listen to. So with that, I think we just end with one final song and that's a wrap for today. Thank you guys and see you all around. Bye. You're listening to Changing Reality. Changing Reality, where we bend reality all across the world. Only on WQHS Radio.